we hardly have enough time. We should go an extra hour. It is seven minutes after nine o'clock at 1035. Jennifer Bukowski is a criminal defense attorney and she's brilliant at it. Uh, we'll hear her take on Alec Baldwin. Uh, then uh, Russian deaths in Indian jungle followed days of binge drinking. What? We'll tell you what that story is about later. It's the Russians. Uh, Biden torched over classified document rebuttals. Uh, she wants to cover uh, three men who were uh, arrested over rape at Louisiana State University sorority uh, student uh, 19 who was hit and killed by a car when she uh, was dumped afterwards. And she's got a couple of more, including M&M's. Do you see where M&M's is dropping their, um, well, uh, spokesperson, I guess you'd call them, the, the little M&M's? females with the boot. Uh, it's strange. Anyway, we'll get into that with her. That's a 1035. In the meantime, the price of eggs going through the roof. Now, interestingly, there are ways to get cheaper eggs. If you happen to live near the Mexican border, you can just go across the border into Mexico and buy eggs for about half the price of what you pay here. Uh, the problem is that the government regulations and everything that you have to go through in order to produce eggs in this country make it even more expensive in spite of the avian flu. And and you may be thinking, well, it's the bird flu and uh, gasoline prices are going up and all the other inflation that is causing the problem, but you'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. You see... The, one of the economists that Democrats love to refer to is Robert Reich. And he is blaming Big Chicken. Yeah. Um, Robert Reich thinks it's uh, corporate greed driving up the price of eggs. I'm not making this up. That's, that's, what, that's what he believes. So it's big chicken, apparently. Egg prices are up 60%. That's absurd. People are paying upwards of 6 and $7 for a dozen eggs. Why? Corporate greed. The largest egg producer in the United States is raking record profits. $198 million in the last quarter. That's 65% increase from a year ago. This idiot who says he's an economist doesn't understand the law. The most basic law of economics. If you, Brian, did you ever take an economics course? I don't think I did. No. Uh -uh. What What would you say is the number one rule in economics? The law of supply, supply and, and demand. demand. Yeah. So there's a limited supply, and there is steady, if not increased, demand, and the price of eggs are going up. And Robert Reich doesn't understand it. It's big chicken. <laughs> oh, you can't make this stuff up. Widespread avian flu outbreak devastating the poultry industry. Nah, that's not it. Oh, nay, nay, Perlene. It's big chicken. I didn't even know there was big chicken. I didn't either. Yeah, well, apparently. <laughs> apparently there, <laughs> there is. It's amazing, isn't it? Anytime prices go up on no matter the product, they... Blame the greedy gas station owners, big chicken. <laughs> it just yeah, never stops. Yeah, uh, and, they, and they're supposedly uh, trying to run the economy. Did you know that 90% of the uh, uh, people on the uh, 
Federal Reserve Board um, are Democrats? Literally 90%. Only 10% are not. No wonder our policies are so screwed up. And, and speaking of prices going up, have you seen the price of gasoline going up? Uh, but uh, Jennifer Granholm... She's got the answers. So gas prices are now up 33 cents over the past month. Um, the president took credit for the prices coming down. The Strategic Petroleum Reserve, as you mentioned, is no longer releasing. Does the president get credit for the price of gas going up? Well, it's obviously based upon international and climate events. So, for example, winter storm Elliott pulled 2 million barrels ah. off the U.S. market because of refineries that went down. That crimp in supply causes prices to go up. What happens in China? Are they going to be opening up soon? Is there expectations regarding an increase in demand? That is something that happens on a global market. The whole point of this is that this strategic petroleum reserve is a tool that we have, that we can control. We may not be able to control the weather. We may not be able to control what happens at OPEC Plus or in China, but we can control what we have access to. And that's why this tool is so incredibly important. So, all right, I think uh, I got it. You got it? Yeah, prices okay. go down. And it's Joe Biden right. taking credit. Prices go up, and it's climate change. It's Mother Nature, climate change. Yeah. Uh, it. It's uh, Putin. It's big gas stations, big oil. Um, and, and when the prices of all these products start coming down, will that be because big gas stations became generous? Yes. Uh-huh. Because uh, they, they are feeling the heat from the public. They had no, no other reason. option to lower prices because people were yelling at them. <laughs> people were yelling. Don't you do that when you go and, you know, gas up? It's like, what do you think you're doing? Yeah, sir, uh, go Charging right in, this much for gas. Going, go right into the gas station owner and tell them, you know, because they're, clearly they're responsible for all of the ills in the economy. Oh, Lord. Supply and demand. They don't get it. It's the easiest law of economics to grasp. All right, uh, 874-9390-800-529-5572. Somebody wants to talk about big chicken, huh? Yes. Would uh -huh. this be KFC? I don't think so, no, huh? You know, I felt weird you... typing that in on the screener. <laughs> well, big chicken. Brian, if you didn't eat KFC, there would be more chickens alive laying eggs. I know. So it's, it's big chicken. They're responsible. And you, too, for eating chicken. By the way, do you like KFC chicken? I do. Yeah, I don't know what it is about their the, their recipe, but I really it is the best fried chicken. I really really enjoy it, and boy, do they know how to keep a secret. Nobody knows the recipe. I wonder if we could have just run Biden uh, through a chicken franchise uh, to learn how to keep secrets private like they do, because. It's all these years later, their top secret recipe remains hidden and locked up somewhere. Uh, John is on the line on Big Chicken. John, welcome. How are you? I'm great, Gary. Thanks. Hey, I'm just trying to work through something logically, and I thought you could help. Uh, when they complain about the price of gasoline and oil and blame big oil, and they complain about the price of chicken and blame big chicken <laughs> and so on with a thousand other examples. Uh, why is it that who gets blamed for more taxes and higher government revenue? Is it is it not big government? Higher taxes? 
Yeah, that's a hot, yeah, hot. I mean, you know, they're, the government's bringing in bigger revenue, right? Every yeah. time we raise taxes, every time the economy grows and more people pay more money to the government, it seems like big government. But, but they don't have a problem with that big. No, that big is okay. That big is okay, John. Just pretend, don't, just ignore, just keep on walking. Nothing to see here. Oh, 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 all right. All right. right. Thanks, John, for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. You know, we we learned yesterday that uh, uh, Trump's tax cuts paid for themselves. They literally increased revenue to the Treasury by one and a half trillion dollars. That didn't stop the national debt from going through the roof. But boy, it sure did raise revenue. Uh, And it was apparently uh, not such a giveaway to the rich they they apparently um paid a ton of money uh eric says of course there is a big chicken it's a mother clucker yeah maybe i shouldn't have uh, <laughs> gone into that anyway listen uh 874-9390 That gets you into the studio. And uh, Rand Paul had a great piece uh, about uh, this this, uh, world government, the WEF and Davos and everything. And I really think you ought to listen to it. So we'll play it for you in about three minutes on the Gary Nolan Show Zimmer Radio Network. It is 20 minutes after 9 o'clock and uh, Jennifer Bukowski, she's going to be with us at about 10.35, about an hour and 10 from now. Uh, In the meantime, uh, Rand Paul talking about Davos and all of these big one-worlders, these people who think that we have to let the rest of the world tell us how to live in the United States. Uh, And that's what Davos is all about. You need to listen to this because it really makes a lot of sense. It really hits home. They're elitist. But the other real danger here that's even more danger than all their phony caring about carbon footprint, the real danger is this. Look how bad your government is in a country where you get to vote for these people. This would be a government, a world government, where you don't get to vote on anybody. This is everybody's worst nightmare. The bureaucracy that we have trouble in our United States because we don't get to vote on them, we vote indirectly. Can you imagine the one world bureaucracy of all these elitists and their private jets that would rule our, our country and we wouldn't get to vote? So I'm dead set against this. And they used to call people who talked about one world government, they used to say, oh, it's a conspiracy. We would always say, no, it's in their mission statement. They say it at every meeting. That's what they're for. But uh, lack of sovereignty means lack of freedom, and it means lack of responsiveness, and it's completely antithetical to everything our country stands for. You know, we have a hard enough time controlling our government. It is so big and has so many bureaucracies, uh, and, and Congress has deferred to these bureaucracies and let them write laws when, in fact, constitutionally, Congress should write the laws. And so we have no control over them. You have no control over the EPA. If they decide to ban the sale of gas stoves, they'll do it. And you won't be able to do a damn thing about it. When they decided to ban electric light bulbs, they did it. And you have no control over it, not a damn thing you can do about it. Go ahead and buy a new plumbing fixture and and tell me about that water pressure. 
I, you know, and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. They decided how much water should come out of your tap. You didn't decide it. You're too stupid. They had to decide it. Imagine if instead of just the bureaucracy here, we had that one world government control the, those wealthy multi-billionaires at Davos want. You'd be a, even a, you'd be another step further away from having your say. And people better wake up to this. They are they are not the good guys. They are really not the good guys. Um, Brian, did you play that Aretha Franklin song? Uh, no, no, it? that has been banned from uh, a lot of uh, airplay f uh, throughout the United States, and you know I would never play such bad. So that? sorry. I'm. I didn't know. Oh, I. I didn't want that to play. That's so oh, offensive to a lot of people. And terrible, Brian. You should never let that go out on the air. How did that again. happen? Oh, you know there are trans men who think they're women all over the world who are now going to be writing us nasty letters. I know, and I apologize to those individuals. I had no idea that that was so offensive, but I'm glad they brought it to our attention. I will oh, never. Yeah ever play that song again. Oh, that's that's horrible. She should have known in 1968 she that should we would have, normalize yeah. mental illness and, and that it would become offensive. Apparently, there's a big Twitter storm about this. <laughs> Aretha Franklin uh, made the song back in 1968, and apparently it it perpetuates multiple harmful anti-trans stereotypes. Who knew? Yeah. There is no such thing, they say, as a natural woman. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, The message goes on, the song has helped inspire acts of harm. Against transgender women. You know, I hear that song. It, it, back in 1968, I remember hearing that song and thinking, I should go out and harass transgender uh, people. Don't, don't you remember the inspiration? Yes. From, oh, from absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. It inspired me to be violent. The song has helped inspire acts of harm against transgender women. And they want it removed from Spotify and Apple Music. Um, Never to be heard from again. But now they're saying, well, we didn't really mean it. That was just a joke. Oh. Uh, yeah, they, they said it was, the, the post was satirical. And, and they weren't really upset with it. Uh, yeah. Jeez, these people are out of their minds. I like that song. But then at Christmas time, I, I like uh, Baby It's Cold Outside. Mm. Oh, you can't play that one either. No, yeah. no. How many other songs? There are other songs that we're not allowed to play anymore, right? Oh, yeah. There's a list out there somewhere of songs that, you know, we now know are offensive and they should not be played ever. Huh. Because they could offend, 
you know. Yeah, well, we can't have that. Uh -uh. All right, 874-9390. The toll-free number is 800-529-5572. I don't watch a lot of Newsmax TV. I don't know why. It just, it doesn't catch with me. Do you watch it, Brian? I do not, no. I mean, I'll occasionally catch something, but it, for, and I don't know why. Anybody out there that's a, a Newsmax fan, um, you got bad news coming because DirecTV is now threatening to drop Newsmax. <laughs> oh. I I don't have a problem with them. I, I'm just I'm just not a a big fan of theirs. Maybe it's because I'm used to watching Fox News, um, and certainly we need more uh, sources of of information that don't tilt to the left. Apparently, Newsmax uh, is wants to charge DirecTV for carrying the, uh, the station, the, uh, the programming. Up until now, I guess they haven't. They, they just relied on their own ads uh, for resources. And DirecTV said, no, we're not paying you. And so they're, uh, they're going to have to make a choice. Either Newsmax says, okay, don't pay us, we'll keep airing. Uh, or you, you either pay us or we're gone. I'm not sure which way it's going to work out, but it's going to happen soon. Uh, according to uh, NextTV.com, conservative news network Newsmax might be dropped from DirecTV this week in a move that the Republican lawmakers are saying they would investigate, although the pay TV provider said the motivation is saving costs. Wow. Is uh, One America News still on DirecTV? Nope, they they, they got dropped them. Too. Okay. Yeah. They dropped them because I think they didn't like the content. You know, all those, all those people who were uh, attacking news sources that said uh, there might be a problem with this, this vaccine. Um, it, you know, uh, it, it turns out there is perhaps a problem with that vaccine, at least in certain age groups. And they were right. And and they're, I I just think they want to silence conservatives. I don't know, but I don't know that it's the job of Congress. I don't think Congress should have anything to do with this. Republicans have enough on their plate. Don't go here. Oh boy, I got about one minute for Albin. Albin, welcome. How are you? I'm fine. How you doing, Gary? I'm doing well, thank you. Hey, on this banning thing, number one, the transgenders and LGBTQ, RZ, whatever you call it, uh, you know, they represent about a fraction of this country, not even a, a full percentage. And uh, as far as the banning goes, you know, they've even banned cartoons like uh, Bugs Bunny because he's too violent. And uh, I don't know, where is it going to end? You know, uh it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's incredible. Corporate America lacks the testicular fortitude to shut them down. Because that's who shuts them down. It's not you and me. It's corporate America. When right, they say, this is that. a load of Bravo Sierra, if you don't like the product, you don't like the name of the baseball team, you don't like what we're selling, just don't go. Don't watch. Don't be a part of it. And then it ends. As long as they cave, it goes on. Albin, thanks for the call. Quick break. Gary Nolan, Zimmer, Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show.
935. We were talking about uh, things that have been banned. I just got a message just now as we were coming uh, back on. Ken says, one more cancel culture impact on cartoons. Mighty Mouse, my children, my childhood superhero, not to mention good old Popeye, uh, the sailor man. Did they, did they ban Mighty Mouse? Why would they ban Mighty Mouse? I have no idea. Uh, you know, who knows? I mean, they, they just invent things. Um, do you remember hearing uh, this post office commercial with Johnny Cash in the background? A little mail truck driving down different roads, and you heard this in the background? Mm, I don't remember. Well, we're not playing it, that's why. <laughs> I've traveled every road in this here land. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Remember hearing that, seeing that TV oh, commercial? Yeah. Man. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mountain, man. All right, here's why I bring this up. I got a, uh, a, a phone call from a friend of mine who is a former state legislator. And he said that they're raising the price of postage to 63 cents. And that the federal government gives the post office $263 million a year, and they spend $100 million of that on advertising. So your tax dollars, you, you, you are giving the post office money in the neighborhood of $100 million of year, uh, a year to advertise. Why? If you want to mail a first-class letter... You have to go to them. Hey, they've got a monopoly. they got a monopoly on your mailbox. It's against the law to use your mailbox for anything else except mail. So why are they advertising? And if that's not enough, what about the private companies that deliver packages? Are we using your tax dollars... To advertise for the post office in competition to the private marketplace. So I, I listened, uh, we chatted this morning, and I was thinking about this. Why don't we just get rid of the post office? Why don't we just eliminate the post office? I, I First, let me tell you, it is not constitutionally mandated. The only reference in the uh, in the Constitution is post roads. Uh, those are roads to um, the post office. There's no, there is no, nowhere that says the United States government has to deliver the mail. There is, uh, there's nothing in the Constitution that mandate uh, that mandates it to be for first class mail. Uh, simply the venue of the post office. They're financially always in deep doo doo. Let's. Just sell off the equipment and let the private marketplace deliver the mail. So I'm, I'm curious to see what you think about that idea. I also want to ask you another question in conjunction with this. How often do you snail mail anybody? 874 9390 800-529-5572 or go to GaryNolan.com, send me a message. What do you think of the idea of privatizing delivery of all mail? And what do you think, uh, and, and tell me how often you actually snail mail 
That is, put a stamp on something and drop it in the mailbox. How often do you do that? I remember I used to do it all the time. Pay up all my bills. I had to write a check, uh, put it in an envelope, uh, throw a stamp on it, and mail it. Now I don't have to do that anymore. I've got the interwebs. So I don't, I don't, I don't use, I hardly ever use them. I can't remember the last time I mailed something to somebody. Gwen will on occasion uh, send a birthday card um, to family or something along those lines. But almost never. Well, what about you? Brian, how long, how long, do you, when's the last time you dropped something in the mail? Only if I have to respond to correspondence from somebody that sent me something, please return with your signature or whatever. How that's, often is that's how, rare? Once every two months or so. Yeah, I don't write letters. <laughs> no, aren't, aren't they kind of an anachronism? I think so. Yeah, I I think we should completely privatize it, get the government out of it entirely, and let the marketplace handle delivering what snail mail there is. Eight seven four ninety three ninety. 800-529-5572. What do you think of privatizing mail delivery, getting the government out of it? And when's the last time you, how often do you actually mail things? Let me uh, let me get to the phones here because uh, I'm behind. Sharon is on the line. Sharon, good morning. How are you? Fine. I still use the mail a lot because I'm an old timer, but... I can see your point. What I'm calling about is, is um, I watch Newsmax a lot. I also still watch Fox, and I used to really like AON. But after Mike Vendell, uh, that my pillow guy, he paid two million dollars out of his own pocket for that five-hour deal trying to show how dangerous the vaccine was and had all those experts on there spilling stuff about how many soldiers were dying. Soon after that is when they took it off the air, and I think that's why. At One American News, you mean? Yes. You can still get it, if, you know, online, I think. But um, And I had a young man come from um, DirecTV a while back to do something for me, and he, he told me he thought somewhere down the line pretty soon that uh, DirecTV was going to be gone, too. I think it's because they're uh, conserv- very conservative and they tell the truth about everything, or most, every- most everything. Well, I don't think it, uh, it's something Congress needs to look into. It's something the marketplace has to handle. Sharon, thank you for the call. Uh, glad right. to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, let's go to Greg. Greg, good morning. How are you? Hello there. I'm hanging in there. I just got off work. And no, I work for the post office. Actually, I work for a contractor that works for the post office, hauling the mail. And, uh, uh, you know, you're talking about a private contractor doing the mail. Uh, let me tell you, FedEx and uh, USPS and UPS and all of them are all in the bed together. Uh, I, that's uh, what I did last night was haul FedEx and uh, two, three different airlines up to the airport Kansas City, or this morning, rather. And, uh, no, I, I totally disagree. I want to keep my job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so, 
Wait a minute, Brian, did he just say we should spend hundreds of millions of dollars so he could keep his job? He did, yes. He's such That's a selfish fact. individual. <laughs> yes, right. That's right. I am. I like to make a living. Well, what if the private marketplace supplants the federal government and you still have a job? Yeah, well, I guess that would work, too. But uh, I, like, I, like, I don't like change, you know. I've been doing this for almost 17 years. <laughs> he doesn't like change. All right. No, no. Uh, uh, when's the last time you actually snail mailed a letter? Or how well, often? I do, do you... every, I do every month. I, I, there's a couple of bills that I send out the rest of my pay online. Yes, I'm attributing to it, too, you know. But, uh, yeah, I still like my paycheck. You're. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I sense a sort of a bias in your opinion, but I accept it. Yeah. Thanks. As far as. As far as, uh, you know, uh, going back to uh, Bugs Bunny, uh, yeah, uh, you know, get rid of Elmer Fudd's gun and all that, you know. Uh, what about the videos that they're selling for kids, you know, to play games uh, where they just obliterate people with machine guns and uh, cannons and, uh, uh, you know, grenade launchers and all kinds of stuff and just blow people all to hell? Uh, no, that's okay. That, that's fine, you know. Yeah. But like get rid of uh, get rid of uh, you know uh, the guns that uh, oh uh, what's his name with the uh, well, uh, the cowboy with uh, two shotguns or <laughs> what? Well, there's Elmer Fudd with his Yosemite shotgun. Sam, right? Yosemite right. Sam with the two six guns. <laughs> That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. The, the double standard, you know. Yeah, I agree totally. Greg, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Of course, you have to have that double standard because, uh, you know, all that stuff comes out of California. Uh, that's the high-tech, you know, industry, and they support Democrats. Uh, let's see here. Let me get to Rick on the post office. Rick, how often do you mail snail mail? I do it a lot, and I know they're talking about uh, how your checks, when you mail them, uh, there's a possibility of them being stolen, but... You know, uh, some company just disclosed the other day that 42 million of their users' information has been stolen. Um, my sister will not even allow the local water district to do an automatic de deduction. Uh, there's lots of people need the post office. Yeah, but what if the private marketplace takes the place of the post office? Well, that FedEx and UPS. That would be fine. And now I have suggested to the post office that they stop doing daily home deliveries. How about every other day? How about my postman take my route one day and another route another day and then comes back to my route on this day? You know, uh, we don't have to have the service that they're pushing, but they're all out there uh, FedEx and all of them are out there delivering on Sunday, including the U.S. Postal Service. They will take next day and deliver it on Sunday, which means they're working seven days a week for nothing to lose money. Um, yeah. All right. Rick, I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thanks. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, boy, now, see now, Brian, I'm thinking of Neil Diamond. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sweet Caroline. Caroline, welcome. How are you? I'm fine, Gary. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I had something that I want somebody to check into a little bit. We recently heard that we've been subsidizing China's mail since 1874. 
And we were like, we heard it once, never heard it again. And I'm like appalled if this is true because we keep going up. I'm a stamp collector and I just went through a bunch of stamps where used to pay four and a half cents, five cents, five and a half cents, four and a quarter stamps. I got all kinds of stamps. And it's just amazing that that has gone from there. And if we're subsidizing China, uh, we need our heads examined. Well, uh, I will see if I can find anything out. And, it would be uh, interesting to know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and as, as, as a stamp collector, a philatelist, if you will, you probably would like to get your hands on some of those stamps you paid for, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And also another thing I'd like to say, he's talking about that uh, the gentleman that was talking about uh, the um, tapes uh, where the kids can play games. My grandson was about 12 and he was playing Grand Theft Auto and we were babysitting him for a weekend. And then he turned around and he uh, come in and raced into the kitchen and said, Grandma, I just killed cops and, and, and heisted $150,000 and Grandma lost it. Grandma uh-huh. made him shut it off put it away and when the parents came home from their weekend journey i told my son he needed to be the one that was whipped because i said that is absolutely he said well grandma he's 12 in a couple years he'll see i have a girlfriend it'll be over that's not the point the point is they should not ever learn that kind of stuff off of and and with parent supervision that should never be allowed in the house well grandma you're on the right track but i have to let you go because the clock is ticking Thanks, Caroline. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Does the United States actually subsidize Chinese mail? I'm going to look that up right now, and I'm going to let you know in just a few minutes. On the Gary Nolan Show, it's the Zimmer Radio Network. It's it's 9.54. Brian and I are both stunned. The caller was right. Uh, Well, almost all right. Uh, There is a slight change here. Uh, running a small business writes the hill that ships low-weight merchandise, say 10 T-shirts or small hardware from China to the United States, made logistics costs easy. The United States provided for a large shipping discount of 40 to 70 percent. Such generosity came from the U.S. membership, the Universal Postal Union, founded in 1874. The Universal Postal Union is the international postal organization in Switzerland committed to smoothly running the international postal system. In 1969, the UPU's undeveloped country members implemented discounts. I'm sorry, the UPU's developed country members implemented discounts for poor nations when shipping small parcels. China then was isolated with few outward shipments. So we wrote them checks. As a result, the shipping cost of a face cream was more affordable for American consumers from China than it was from Los Angeles. Today, however, China delivers more than a billion small packages a year to the United States. But the special discount treatment continued. Then there came change. The Trump administration announced the United States withdrawal from the UPU. October 17th, 2018, the uh, objective to arrive competitive uh, at competitive and fair global shipping rates. So she is right. Since the 1800s, we have been underwriting other people's mail. And thanks to President Trump, we are no longer a part of this group. 
And we are no longer subsidizing China's mail. Even I was unaware of this. Man, the things government does behind your back. Bud, good morning. Welcome. How are you? I'm just fine. How are you, Gary? I am well, thank you. You use uh, snail mail a lot? I don't very much. My wife does occasionally. We want to definitely mail a check. But you know the old saying that it checks in the mail? Yeah. I have a, I have a complaint with the U.S. Postal Service right now that's uh, being investigated by the postal inspector. I got back from a vacation in early December, and I took a bunch of pictures. I wrote my Christmas letter out, and I sent it to my son with a check and a, and a yearly newsletter. Well, he never got that. That was probably around the 12th of December. I asked him if he got it. No, I didn't get it. No, I get it. So he never got it anywhere near Christmas. So I, I mailed another one, this time certified. Uh, to this address in, in uh, Kentucky, and it's easy to see, hill to hill. Uh, so, you know, and at Christmas time, it could be money, could be Ketchak or whatever. I suspect uh, from, wh- from uh, what I'm seeing is that somebody in, in Texas is, is going through the mail. This happened again last year. They lost, he lost a Christmas check, and I ended up sending it certified. Finally, the certified mail did get there. So uh, I refrained from using the post office as much as possible. Uh, the post office established under John Quincy Adams as a patronage system that started the, the federal government with the federal jobs and promissory uh, positions so that you'll vote for me. And it's gotten worse and worse ever since. So that's my story. Uh, and uh, I think very little. I think some of the employees there at the post office are very helpful and, and work and are diligent, but it's there's too much overhead and it's just a waste of time and money in our taxes. All right. Uh, but thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I do agree. I think that it, I, I, I at least agree with it could be done away with. The private marketplace could do the job. Uh, but right now, if we're giving them $100 million a year to advertise, they're competing with your tax dollars to harm FedEx and UPS and others. I did get a message from somebody who um, works at UPS. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, I work for FedEx, and we could split it up with UPS and do it perfectly fine. And I agree, it could be done much, much better in the private marketplace. 874-9390-800-529-5572. I I always tell you, get your kids out of government schools. And by the way, there is a link at GaryNolan.com if you're interested in homeschooling. But I just learned something new about government-mandated education, and I was stunned to learn it. You will be, too, and I'll share it with you next. Gary Nolan, Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show.